Hey, York Alliance. Welcome back to the York Alliance Daily for Thursday, November 5th. Hope you're doing well. Sorry about a delay in getting this posted today. It's been a long morning already, and I, I know there's a lot going on for all of us, and so it's taken a little bit to get it up online. Um, hope you're doing well, and um, as of the time of this recording, we are still without a president-elect. That doesn't mean that that won't have happened by the time you are getting this recording, so uh, we'll see how that goes, but um, I hope uh, you uh, were able to join us for our first Wednesday prayer gathering last night uh, online. That was a time for us to recognize that in the midst of uncertainty, God is on the throne. We grounded that in Isaiah chapter 6 and just praying into the certainty that comes from the fact that God's in control. And um, I hope that you're taking refuge in that as uh, we journey through this season. Well, I want to take a couple minutes and uh, jump back into Matthew chapter 21, where we were this past Sunday. And as I do that, let me encourage you, if you're not planning to already, to consider trying out our in-person on-location worship gatherings on Saturday and Sunday this coming weekend, 5.30 and 7.30 on Saturday, 8.30 and 10.30 on Sunday. I had adequately scared everyone away from the 10.30 on Sunday as though it would be uh, for sure going to the overflow room. And uh, you all listened so well that we didn't need to use the overflow room at all for any of our gatherings. And so um, would love for you to be a part. We had room in all four of our gatherings, um, at least a little bit, and uh, would love for you to be able to be a part of those. So I hope to see you this weekend. So in Matthew chapter 21, one of the things that can make people a bit uneasy, particularly if you had a family growing up that was prone to unexpected outbursts of anger, is the anger that Jesus displays as he's cleansing the temple. Um, Now, it's important to recognize that not all anger is created equal. Uh, Jesus responded, Matthew records it pretty, um, uh, in a a pretty vanilla kind of way, but the other gospel writers uh, use some pretty uh, direct and explicit language to talk about Jesus clearing the temple. Things like uh, Jesus swinging a whip and running, driving the vendors out of the temple courts. Psychologists tell us that anger itself is actually not a generative emotion, something that is um, that, that we produce, but rather a derivative emotion. What I mean by that is that anger is actually a response to another kind of emotion. So um, l- let me explain it this way. When I'm angry with my children, when I have anger well up in me, it's not because I'm angry with them primarily, but it's because I love them and I want the best for them. Maybe a clearer way to say it is if my response to someone who is going to hurt my children is a response of anger, it's actually derivative of the love that I have for my family. Now, 
anger is not always derivative from love. It can be derivative from all kinds of different emotions. And that doesn't mean that it's always healthy. But in Jesus' instance, we know through the book of Hebrews that he was tempted in every way that we are and yet was without sin. And so the anger that Jesus displayed at the, uh, the activity in the temple courts we know for sure that it wasn't a sinful anger. And I would argue that it was a deeply derivative from the love that Jesus has for his people and for the world. Remember, we talked about the idea that uh, Jesus was more concerned about the where of what, uh, of what was happening than the what of what was happening. That um, the issue wasn't so much the selling of sacrificial animals or the changing of money. The issue was that the, the court of the Gentiles was being crowded and those who were not from the nation of Israel had no place to worship God. And so the, the heart of Jesus was that the house of God would be a, prayer, uh, a house of prayer for all the nations. Now, Matthew doesn't record that phrase, but other gospel writers do, as Jesus talks about the, the temple being a house of prayer for all nations. And the, the intent of Jesus' angry response is this love, this overwhelming love for the world, for uh, people who need to come to know him. And the, the anger that comes from stopping the opportunity for people to come to know him. And so when we're faced with Jesus' anger in Matthew chapter 21, I think we have to ask some questions. What's generating that anger? And where in my life is that anger, uh, uh, am I giving opportunity for that anger? Where in my life am I doing the same thing that generated that anger of Jesus? It's interesting because uh, the decision that was being made by the temple was not a bad decision. Uh, we talked about the fact that the, the sacrifices needed to be made. The, the money needed to be changed. The religious activity that was happening, it wasn't wrong. In fact, it was prescribed by the law. The issue was the heart behind what was happening and how they had missed the mission in order to do the stuff of the temple. Where have we missed the vision, the heart of God, because we've been too consumed with religious activity Wherever we find that combination, we risk the anger of God. See, God's anger is not directed towards the temple leaders because he's mad at the temple leaders. That anger comes out of love for the people who are missing the opportunity to worship. And so the same thing is true for us. God doesn't get angry with us because he hates us. He gets angry with us because he loves the world. And we are the vehicle through which his love comes to the world. And so I want to encourage you to ask that difficult question today. What is it in your life that gets in the way of you and I being part of the vision and the mission of God? What stops us from having that conversation with our neighbor or our coworker? What stops us from 
making time in our schedules to be able to engage with the world around us. Now, you may say that well, what they were doing was uh, was getting in the way of them coming to the temple. Doesn't that translate to what barriers are uh, are there in place for people to come to our church? But remember, you and I are the temple. We are now the place where God dwells by his spirit. And so the interaction that people get to have as they encounter God isn't necessarily with a religious institution, although that's, that's certainly appropriate and possible. But the interaction that people have with the spirit of God is actually through you and through me. We're invited to be people who with intentionality engage the world around us. And so let me ask you to consider today, what does it look like for you and I to love the world in that way? The anger of Jesus doesn't need to make us uncomfortable, but it does need to remind us of John 3.16. God so loved the world that he sent his only son. So whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. I pray that that love that God has for the world would be love that you and I have for the world around us as well. well. I pray that the Spirit of God would anoint you, rest upon you, dwell deeply inside of you, and that you and I would be transformed by the love of God so that his love would flow from us to a waiting and watching world. Have a great day. Look forward to being back with you again tomorrow. Grace and peace to you.